With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. You're with Joe Hoff on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Hey, happy Monday to you. Today is January 15th of 2024. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I, I tell you what, I've had, I was on a radio show this morning. <laughs> Excuse me, I've talked to a couple people uh, during the morning, throughout the morning. Can't believe that today is January 15th, 2024. I can't. Quite frankly, the my point is, one, I can't believe that we survived. We have survived three years of this uh, insane, corrupt, anti-American regime. And, uh, you know, it reminds me, I saw a speech by Xi in China. He, he, was, he went to Hong Kong to brag about how they'd basically taken over Hong Kong. I believe it was around the 4th of July uh, of 2021. And he makes this statement that, you know, leaders should support their countries something like that and uh we all agree with it but it was it was a stab in the uh eye of the biden regime who doesn't care about america they are in it for the money they are in it for power they are disgustingly corrupt it's we've got a mafia family running america today and uh, that's exactly what he meant and he's and he's benefiting from it he's he's uh he's got the bidens right where he wants him he's got hunter biden with all the uh, grotesque and and sick and and uh corrupt dealings he's had in china we've got videos of him with uh with what we believe are hookers in china uh more than one you know at a time with with hunter and the guy the guy was just so filthy just so filthy this is the president's son uh the i shouldn't say that i've never called i've never called joe biden and p in the same sentence in my since the 2020 election i just don't accept it i the, the guys this election never should have been certified it was absolutely stolen for joe biden i've written three books about it and it's just absolutely true this this uh clown that's in our white house it's so funny uh, he didn't run in 2020. The guy he's seen out. He's old. He can't, you know he stumbles over everything. Um, I don't. You know he's just he's horrible. The guy, the guy. It's it's the it's it's laughable. The World Economic Forum, China, all our enemies laugh at us. Say look at look at how they've put Joe Biden up because these people that are running our country right now hate America and they they love Iran and they love China and they love the World Economic Forum. They hate the freedom that we have here. Freedom is the is it aligns, I believe, with God and good, and and it's totally opposite of the uh, of the mantra and the beliefs and the uh, and uh, that these corrupt elitists uh, run by. And we're seeing it today. We're seeing, and I talked about this this morning. Uh, we're seeing these these people with billions of dollars, like George Soros and this guy named Reed. I think it's Reed Hoffman. I think that's his name, who runs a LinkedIn billionaire. But that Hoff, uh, this Reed guy is supporting E. Jean Carroll in her case in New York, which which should have been thrown out years ago. Never should have been brought to the court. But a corrupt Clinton judge with long hair, slimy guy, just a slimy. Never should have been a judge. Uh, just corrupting our courts in in New York. The same guy, the same judge that just let off uh, basically FTX of any wrongdoing 
related to political money laundering which which was done in abundance by that by that company we all know it all of those charges were pushed off to the side by the biden regime they're not they're not going to look into those instead they throw sbf sam bankman freed off into prison for the rest of his life he'll never get out he'll never be able to tell a story and his story is that he gave a lot of money to the democrats billions i believe at least a billion and uh through his ftx we know of millions that went to the democrats and some that went to some uh republicans too the crooked republicans but just millions to the democrats the republicans always get the crumbs and they're happy to receive it they're just so disgusting they don't want to stand up for the american people or for us they just take that money and and feel like they got to win it's just just they're just such they're so weak so horrible they're laughed at we are laughed at by the world uh and and anyways that's what happened with ftx this corrupt judge uh, allowed just got it just shoved uh sbf into prison for for life the real charges get ignored the biden administration doesn't prosecute this uh same judge then takes over this case for e Jean carroll she can't tell us the day month or year that she supposedly was raped by president trump president trump's like i have no idea who this lady is she and of course she's a lunatic he said i heard him say the other day go and watch anderson cooper's interview with with e Jean carroll years ago on cnn she is a lunatic nobody in their right mind can watch that and say this lady's got it together she's a sicko she started hitting on anderson cooper during that interview any everybody can see it it's so disgusting but they're going to keep that in, in, in that case moving forward in a corrupt new york court backed by billionaire uh, linkedin uh, founder and uh keep that thing rolling just like we had soros back in uh, leticia james in new york in this crazy case against president trump and his properties and around the world she's trying to find him 300 million it's just a it's disgusting she's the fraudster she should be in jail in jail for criminal activity for what she's doing she's disgusting and again backed by another billionaire these elites and and somehow we've survived to this day three years of the biden regime and today's our first day of having an election in the united states for 2024 we have the iowa caucuses today lots of snow up there really cold i talked to some people on the radio this morning in st louis which is really well south of uh, the iowa border at least two three hours and they are saying it's like zero degrees there fahrenheit so about what's that about uh 15 20 celsius cold that's what the people in iowa are facing there's been blizzards there and yet there yet you can bet the people of iowa are going to come out and they're going to vote in hordes for president trump and we should we should see that by the end of the day new york times came out with a piece i just put this up at joehoff.com uh, where they're downplaying the results already saying well the real story is who's going to get second it's like how is that the real story when the winner wins by 40 percent I mean I, is second really something should be discussed I mean isn't it isn't it pretty fair what's going on now the Democrats don't have a caucus today because they moved their first uh, vote of the uh of the Democrat party in into South Carolina so that'll be the first vote in and Iowa comes in like third the Iowa caucuses but remember in 2020 what a mess the Iowa caucuses were we didn't know for a month from the Democrats who who had won uh their uh the Iowa caucuses they gave it to I think Pete Buttigieg just barely beat uh Bernie Sanders it was all a lie they had to manufacture that because they didn't want Bernie Sanders to run because they because he's an absolute uh, socialist communist 
And I guess they feel like, well, he's not he's not a member of the team. Bernie didn't get the letter when Hillary ran that says don't run against Hillary. And he ran against her and he, he pretty much beat her, but they had to manufacture that election. Democrats haven't had a free and fair election in years. Think about it. Clinton, um, maybe even the Clinton-Obama, there's some negotiation there to give it to Obama. Then you had uh, Hillary in 2016, stole it from Bernie. Then in 2020, they give it to Joe Biden over the other candidates who were terrible candidates, by the way. They were just so, so horrible. So they give it to Biden. Biden can't even get out of his basement. It was all a laughing stock. He put these circles on the ground. Now we know from Fauci this past week that those circles are all BS. They were based on nothing. They just came up with the idea. Oh, yeah, we should have social uh, distancing. Yeah, let's say 10 feet or whatever. Let's just say it. Crazy. These people were crazy criminals uh, that were pushing this thing, and it's all a lie. And Biden used it because uh, then he could claim he wasn't uh, out campaigning because he was trying to protect the people uh, that really wanted to vote for him. What a lie. What a liar. His, he had like 30 people with Bon Jovi at a concert at one of his events. It was embarrassing. Bon Jovi never did it again. Would have been the end of his career. Probably was, actually. And so that's what was going on. They're all make-believe. Now, it was terrible in 2020. Now they're going to say that Joe Biden's running again? And if not him, the people are saying it's going to be Michelle or Michael Obama. I mean, really, what the what the hell's going on with the Democrat Party and this country? But I tell you what, it doesn't matter if you if you own the elections. If the elections are yours. You, you could throw a dog up. You could throw an old senile man who can't even think, who can't, who stumbles through everything, stumbles on plane, is an idiot, falls asleep in meetings, doesn't is corrupt as hell, has an absolute corrupt family with the son running around the world doing drugs, hooking up with hookers everywhere. It's disgusting, making millions for the family. That's what you can run. You can run that. This is a communist regime that's taken over, and we've got to stop them. And they've had four years now, three years. And what do they do? Where do they spend their efforts? They spend their efforts coming after you, me, and President Trump. And it's why? Because we stand for freedom. And so that, that's what the vote is today. You tell me the, the people in Iowa aren't going to vote for Trump and hordes. I saw President Trump uh, just just lays it all out. Yesterday, he was in a... Uh, he was in a meeting um, or one of his campaign events, and he read this great video on the snake, and it, it, it was fantastic. I'm not sure. I believe we have it here. Let's let me pause for a moment and see if we've got. It. If we got, it, we're going to play it real quick. It's a it's a story about the snake. Let's see if President Trump, uh, if we've got it here in the studio. Let me let me pause for a moment. Okay, so we don't have it today. We'll, we'll bring that up tomorrow. I, I passed it on. It's fantastic. President Trump reads this story about the snake and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's just a, you know, brilliant story that says exactly what's going on today. The snake says at the end, well, well you let me in. And the, and the, and, and the snake bites, the snake bites the person and, and kills them. And the person says, well, what, you in? what are you doing? You just bit me. And the snake goes, well, you knew I was a snake when you let me in. Don't fool yourself. What are you talking uh, and and that sounds like the liberals in America today. Well, we'll let you in. It's uh, you know, it's you know, yeah, we're just going to be nice. Just anybody can cross that border. You can have anybody come in. It's okay. We can have hundreds of thousands of Chinese, like Gordon Chang shared on the show with us, or Michael Yan last week. Hundreds of thousands of Chinese, all of military age. You can have others of military age. It's it's an invasion. Michael Yan, after our show last week, uh, put out a couple of tweets. One was where he said something like, uh, "He's like, well, don't be surprised when the U.S." Mili excuse me, military turns on its own people. 
and just starts, you know, firing on us because they will have it in, embedded in that military will be all these military age men that they're throwing into our, into our, into our military. And that's how they take over this country It's from inside. It's a Trojan horse and it's a nightmare. President Trump knows that the American people know that. And uh, we just got to pray that we can make it to, to November and have a free and free and transparent election or, or otherwise it's all done. And speaking of that, I've been working with a group. We've we've looked through all the uh, we've we've identified all the detailed processes in 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 the election. We've got about five hundred rows of detailed activities that that occur that we call controls. These things should be in place. These are the individual individual controls that ensure a fair and transparent election. And we have this group we call ourselves Fate Twenty Twenty Four. It's for fair and transparent elections. We'll have more of this coming out, but but. We're, we're kind of wrapping up our, our numbers here on what we are seeing. And we, we've determined that only about 37% of the controls that should be in place in an election process in the United States are in place. So that means only a third of the controls that need to be there are there. I mean, we have, we have mechanisms in the U.S. where people can sign up to vote. You don't have to show anything. You can just sign up send it in, you get a chance to vote. You're added to the voter rolls. It's unbelievable. The good news is we have people on our team. We've got one group and it started in Florida and it's looking at these voter rolls and is eliminating uh, individuals that aren't real. And they've uh, eliminated something like a million people already from the Florida voter rolls. And most of them are, of course, Democrats. So surprise, surprise there. Uh, corruption's going on. They're going to try to win this election any way they can. They'll do it with corruption. That's why they're so cocky. And that's why we need to stand strong, start sharing the news and, and figure out ways that we can protect this election. Because if we can't, uh, we're going to end up with that clown and, and, and China running this country over the next four years, if we even make it through this last year. So we've got lots to talk about. There's so much going on. We're going to have some great guests again this week. And we're going to start off this week with our, our good friend and guest from uh, from Able Child, Sheila Matthew. She's got a lot to share, and, and we've got a big event coming up next month that we want to talk about as well. So hang on. We'll be right back on the Joe Hoff Show. Thanks for listening. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot if your country is being invaded. Uh, that's one thing, and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but you know, if the war, if it's a globalist war, I, I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars. And most of them just uh, are. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio TNT. God's truth is enduringly true throughout all the generations. It transcends culture. The church is always going to be an embattled people. If it's swimming with the tide, it's not being the Church of Jesus Christ. Look to the past, learn from the past, because the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. China has more than 200 confirmed cases of coronavirus, it's called. The entire state of California ordered to stay at home. That's 40 California has some of the strictest policies leveled against churches. Gavin Newsom's executive order threatens jail time and a $1,000 a day fine. Government stopping people from going to church, Dr. Fauci. 
when I went into the White House, when I sat in on the task force meetings, was a shocking level of gross incompetence. The mortality rate from the virus was 0.2%, you know, 99.8% survival, rather than the 3 or 4% mortality that the, the people were saying at the time. The culture and the understanding of the people of Grace Church has always been, not only do you obey government, but you honor government. Thousands of people in the streets, but you can't have church. The hypocrisy of letting people riot it helped us all understand one thing. This is not what they say it is. By meeting, we're testifying the government has no jurisdiction here. I was arrested and driven to a maximum security prison. The government has obviously uh, turned up the heat on churches. My daddy. <laughs> when the churches fall silent, the only religion left is the state. We needed to make a biblical statement because we always put ourselves under the authority of the Word of God. LA County threatened Pastor John MacArthur with jail time and arrest. We were going to be sued. They wanted Grace Church shut down. We wanted to go on the offensive and attack the health order as unconstitutional. This wasn't about health and safety. This was all about control and opposition to religious freedom. As the government gets more corrupt and more corrupt, snitches get rewards. Its totalitarian control has to increase. And you have to have a mask on. And as they shut down any attacks against them. This is not about freedom or personal choice. The last thing standing is going to be the church. Top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do. On today's News Talk, TNT Radio. We are back on the Joe Hoff Show. So glad you're here. Uh, it's a beautiful Monday morning in Florida. I was talking to some guys from St. Louis up north earlier. It was it's like zero degrees there Fahrenheit, and it's like 73 degrees here Fahrenheit. So I think they were a bit envious, and, and it made me realize this is why I'm here. It's really nice down here. I don't I don't enjoy the cold weather. As a matter of fact, I still have a, a red nose. Maybe you've noticed on uh, the show. I feel like Rudolph. Because so I was in Colorado last week, and it was it was damn cold up there. And uh, my son wanted to go sledding, and that turned into an experience. And uh, I think I'm still just uh, you know recovering from that cold air up in Colorado. So, anyways, uh, glad to be here. Glad to be in the warm Florida, and glad to be with my good friend. And uh, the one and only Sheila Matthew. Sheila, welcome to the Joe Hoff Show. Oh, thanks, Joe, so much for having Able Child on and me. I, I've just been delighted with uh, uh, being available and on your show to spread Able Child's message. Well, it's an incredible message, and I didn't know much about it uh, half a year ago. And uh, I was invited to give a give a talk with uh, the group at Able Child in Vero Beach, and I got to tell you, I was so impressed. And I'm like, what? What is this lady talking about? And um, and I loved the group of people that were there. They were all really, uh, really great people, really nice to me. Uh, and uh, enjoyed talking to them and and uh, passed some books out afterwards, you know, sold some. And, and uh, it was great. It was just a great experience. And, uh, I, you know, Sheila, I now believe that you were maybe the first 
or one of the first to stand up against big pharma. And that's that's what you've done. And so, so proud of you. Anyways, and, and maybe before we jump into that, well, we can, or maybe you maybe we should start with that, your beginnings, which leads us up to uh, I want to I want to bring up this event that's going on in February too. So somehow maybe tie all that together if you can. Sure, uh, it's been a long journey. I started Able Child with another mother, and our kids were uh, targeted for attention deficit disorder in the public school system with a checklist. And that led us into years of uh, legislative work and public awareness. And we started this nonprofit parent organization called Able Child. And our mission is informed consent and the right to refuse psychiatric drugs. And you would think, wow, how could that be? But the school systems were really marketing this whole label system to us and these dangerous mind-altering drugs to our kids. So, you know, we've been doing, uh, we're not salaried. It's um, it's um, basically a nonprofit and we're funded by parents across the country. We field questions from parents, all different questions about how to combat um, the school system, how to keep your child undrugged and unlabeled, which is a very hard thing to do in this society. And so we've been working um, with the state legislators. I, I, vo I volunteer my time, but I, I, it's such a passion of mine. Um, so I testify before uh, the Behavioral Health Oversight Committee. I'm a regular visitor there. Uh, they don't really care for me much. Um, and that is run by really the pharmaceutical industry. It's all these vendors in the state of Connecticut, and it's throughout the country. And they have the contract with the government that um, basically labels your child with psychiatric labels, and they have this billing Bible. It's the uh, uh, DSM. And what they do is once they get your child labeled, they bill the government and then that label file follows your child all the way through your child's life. So that's how we started Able Child. And then um, we um, basically um, met um, um, we met. Uh, you, Joe, at an event uh, in, in Vero Beach, and it was amazing. Uh, we do these public venues where we try to educate the public, and it was amazing because somebody told me about your books and about the election, and um, if anybody hasn't read Joe's books, I really highly recommend it. It's called The Steel, and I felt like we were really aligned with... Uh, the whole informed consent aspect of Able Child. And that is giving the public as much information as possible. And being that I've worked in uh, outside the government, but trying to reform the government on the state and federal level, I noticed that there's a tremendous amount of corruption. And then with the election, just the arguing back and forth, not only with this election, but prior elections, um, it just became so clear to me that this is also corrupted. So how Able Child is coming to this next event, um, we're going to be doing our very first uh, wards dinner. And it's something that I'm really excited about because Able Child, I, I've been to an award uh, uh, event in LA. I was given 
I've, I've received three uh, humanitarian awards, uh, from two from the Citizens Commission on Human Rights and one from Jonathan Emore. He is actually running for uh, a state senator um, in, I know, a uh, federal Senate seat in Virginia. And he's been up against the uh, FDA and he was our attorney in the state of Connecticut when we were fighting for Adam Lanz's mental health records in the mass shootings, which has, that's a whole nother, you know, that's what Able Child does now. We try to uncover the psychiatric aspect of these shootings. So with that, being a recipient of a human rights award, it just is so encouraging because you're doing all this work and you you wonder, are people listening? Are people, you know, am, am I making a difference? And so we decided after having you, Joe, at our, um, speaker events in Vero Beach, I got to thinking if I could do this events, I can do an awards dinner. So my uh, group and I went over what aspects we were looking for in uh, awardees and um, and your name came up uh, because just the courage you had to look at our information that day and our videos and our PSAs and you know, you were so genuine and then you opened the door for us to other avenues. So I just th I thought that took an, a, a tremendous amount of courage and on the spot thinking. And um, that is what we're looking for when we're going to be giving these awards out. And they're really nonpartisan awards. They go to journalists, uh, journalists who are on the cutting edge of topics. Our topic is mental health and psychiatric drugs and mass shootings, but there's all sorts of topics that we feel can fall under our in umbrella. And so we selected you and um, we're just so honored. And then we selected James O'Keefe. Uh, Able Child met James O'Keefe again in Vero Beach. I did a, a fundraiser actually for him um, and how we met was just a God moment. Um, you know, I don't know if your audience knows. I I don't often mention this because my I try to stay focused on my work, but I have a very weird family connection to a former FBI director, James Comey. He is my first cousin, and um, I went to see James give a lecture in Greenwich, Connecticut about undercover work he was doing, and he had mentioned that the FBI broke down his door and stole all his journalistic tools. And I was floored. I was in the audience. I didn't think I would stand up and speak. And I did. And I told him who I was. And I said, you know, I never outed myself as James Comey's cousin because I, I just think he's awful. And he is in my bloodline. <laughs> and he's on the wrong side of history. And I just, you know, I just don't like what he's done. And when James had said that, I said, I've got to, I've got to, do something. So I I gave James Project Veritas at the time a donation and James invited me to a dinner. We became really good friends. And um, I told him, I said, I want to use my family connection in any way possible to turn this country around and help reform the FBI, which needs it, and to get rid of all the bias. And so I decided to select 
James as the first awardee, just because of his undercover work and the confront he has. And he's just amazing. I really have found him to be a very truthful person up against the system. And I, I, I have always liked people who are up against the system because I've been doing it, like you said, Joe, for about 20 years. Sometimes I feel like I was alone out there, but I, I felt I made a difference and saved some children's lives. And um, so James will receive our, um, our very first um, journalistic award and then you. Um, and then the last person we selected was Stephen Bannon because I feel, first of all, my sisters as being um, the cousin to Jim Comey, he doesn't realize that most of his family isn't on his same side. Okay, so my family, we're in the war room with um, Steve Bannon. And um, so I, because of my relationship with you, you opened up a door and um, Steve allowed me to come on his show. And so I selected him for one of these awards. And so uh, Maureen, his daughter is coming, which I'm so excited to meet her. And um, so those are our three uh, journalistic awards. And so then we are also honoring a woman who has dedicated most of her life really for President Eisenhower's able child in the National Defense Education Act. So she uh, she is going to get our first award, a Lifetime Achievement Award, and then the three awards will go to my uh, my heroes in in getting the truth out in this what we call the age of lies. That's what that's what these awards are. They're truth seekers in the age of lies. Wow, fantastic! Well, I'm I'm so honored. Uh, to be part of this, really looking forward to it. It's coming up February 10th. People can go to ablechild.org uh, and pick up, uh, get a ticket there, or you can go to joehoff.com. I put another post up last night, just kind of updating people that, hey, the seats are limited now. There's, uh, there's only so many seats left, and I, I got to get this message to my buddies up uh, up north. Maybe they'd like to come down and get away from that cold for a couple of days and uh, and 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 join me for that great event. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think what you've done is uh, is really something. It's like I said, you were the first to take on big pharma, and and I got a feeling uh, there's you're going to continue to to uh, expose this group, and and they are they are they are a big big gorilla in the room. And we learned that after the uh, COVID situation. Now Big Pharma has got a very, I'd say a very negative name. And here you are, uh, this individual and group coming out of uh, the Northeast that's uh, been taking them on for a long time, showing us how how to do it. And it's it, we're really impressed. I was going to tell you something here, maybe a little on a more of a personal nature. I um, I uh, I went through a divorce uh, back uh, 20 some years ago and a uh, painful situation for most people, I think, and terrible. Uh, and uh, I had two beautiful little blonde girls at the time, just gorgeous little blondies, just seriously, just gorgeous and uh, still are. And um, it was a tough time for all of us, my, my ex-wife, myself and, and, and our two girls. And 
my 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 younger daughter went through some real challenges with all that and and then there's another episode that happened to her uh an event that i won't get into but it was really traumatic and um and this poor girl was just trying to make sense out of life she's a middle school to going into high school during this period of time and i ended up uh you know trying to help her out as much as i could i uh had her in uh i brought her to various treatment centers, uh, trying to deal with that. It, you know, she was doing a lot of partying at the time too much, real clear, uh, was, uh, and, and I know quite a bit about recovery myself. And so that was, that was the angle that I approached and, and tried to get her in some various facilities. And one facility that, uh, I sent her to was in Missouri and it ended up when I went down to see her, they had put her on these drugs. And and I got to tell you, Sheila, I looked at her and and they're saying this is this is the right thing to do, right? And you're trusting these people. You're like, okay, I just want my daughter, you know, to you know to to get her stuff together. She's so 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 blessed. She's gorgeous. She's tall. She's um, fun, funny, and smart as can be. Just was it? I went and saw her teacher, and and during this period, and she said. Brooke could do whatever she wants. If he's getting straight, she's just brilliant. And that was my girl. And um, and this group put her on these drugs and she would sit there and she she just, she was there, but she's kind of staring off into nowhere land. And I just thought, how healthy is this? Because I'm not a big proponent of, of, of drugs. I'd like to, I'm more to the side, let's try to, you know, try to be, clean and free. There was this one book a friend gave me years ago uh, called uh, There's More to Not Drinking Than Not Drinking. And in this, this doctor talked a lot about how his his philosophy was really to try to go drug-free if at all possible. And so I'm kind of, I'm along that range. And I see this doctor put my daughter on these meds and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Well, it wasn't but a short time later that she was off the meds and off running again. And uh, she's doing well today, but that 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 whole episode, I always felt uncomfortable about it. I've never really talked about it, and it was all this methodology of pushing drugs on on a teenage you know girl in this situation, rather than uh, you know any any other really uh, therapy. The 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 the, the main guest of this one place was was uh, drugs and I never felt comfortable with it. I just wanted to share that with you. So I, I really respect what you're doing. I've got a personal story related to that. Well, everybody seems to have a personal story related to it because it they're not only drugging our children, they're drugging they're drugging everybody. They what they do again with this billing bible, they stigmatize um the patient. So um you know, you get a label and this is what you are and the labels are not based in any science. I really appreciate your uh your personal story, you know, 
I, my sister's um, husband uh, killed himself and he was coming off of antidepressants, noratripoline, which is an older antipsychotic. And there was no blood work done. The psychiatrist was never held to account. And so I have that personal story. Um, and it, well, my sister more so has it. And it's devastating because, you know, there's a whole slew of uh, factors around um somebody who commits suicide in your family and um, the insurance doesn't cover, you know, your life insurance policies aren't good. And here's the thing, Joe, there's so many other alternatives to mental health. Our organization isn't saying that no you know, that we're, we want you to ban the drugs. So I think the FDA should really take a look at some of these drugs and either make them reformulate them or, um, you know, hold them to account more because they are um, associated with suicide. So you're lucky to have your daughter. Uh, I have worked with parents across the country that have lost their children to psychiatric drugs and have never gotten a day in court. And um, the states have actually used some of the lawsuits um, that have been ongoing with the drug companies for prices. They're like, oh, we're going to sue the drug companies because they, they want to reduce prices, but um, some of them were for false um, advertising uh, during the time of our work. And that money never went to any of parents I work with. It goes cycles back into the, uh, to the uh, pharmaceutical companies and the politicians' pockets, but it never comes back to the parents. Uh, you know, it's a tragic thing when we allow the psychiatric industry, which is is really research, you know, um, and medical doctors know this. Uh, it's a choice to go into psychiatry and psychiatry is not, it's not a, a valid science and, and it's, it's human research. So they, there's no science behind it. Um, and usually I read an article, it's usually the medical doctors that are getting C's and D's that end up going to into psychiatry. It was, it was a recent article I read. And, you know, the medical community should be outraged, you know, um, because we have like in the main mass shooting, we have uh, this former military man, Richard Card, who was clearly having physical problems. He was training other um, members of the military to throw hand grenades. And so his hearing was impaired. And now they, they've sent his brain off to a uh, university in Connecticut I'm sorry, Boston University, where they're going to explore his brain to find out if he had um, a concussion. So from all the, the noises and everything that he was hearing. So, you know, psychiatry has misdiagnosed more more people and more people die at the hands of psychiatry than medical doctors. Uh, we have our issues with that, of course, but, you know, we need reforms and your daughter is lucky to be alive. And, and uh, because there's so many that I, you know, I've worked with over time that actually worked with Able Child that um, I just lost a, a really good member of Able Child, a good writer, brilliant writer, very creative, talented, early drugged on psychiatric drugs, and then went into addiction. And 
the Berkeley study is says that um, these drugs are gateway drugs to addiction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to to have um, addicts and alcoholics be placed on these psychiatric drugs is not getting them sober. It's misleading them, you know, and I don't I don't take any um, anything away for somebody who who ends up on psychiatric drugs. That's not our focus. We're after the psychiatric industry that's stigmatizing their own their own clientele, and you know they stigmatize them, they drug them, and then they blame society that they're not getting enough money, they're not getting enough. Oh, or there's so much stigma. Wow. They're the ones who are wow. stigmatizing them. Yeah, it's it's uh, unbelievable. And let's take a we're going to take a real quick break, Sheila, and then we'll be right back with Sheila Matthews from Able Child. This is just unbelievable stuff. Thank you for standing up for all of us, Sheila. And we'll be right back after this. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last Friday in Pennsylvania, Joe Biden gave a campaign speech and he wanted to make one thing perfectly clear. Trump won't do what an American president must do. He refuses to denounce political violence. So hear me clearly. I'll say what Donald Trump won't. Political violence is never, ever acceptable in the United States political system. Never, never, never. It has no place in a democracy, none. Of course, Biden's a hypocrite because he himself threatened Donald Trump several times. Press always asks me, don't I wish I were debating him? No, I wish you were in high school. I could take him behind the gym. That's what I wish. They asked me, would I like to debate this gentleman? And I said, no. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. And Biden's not the only one to make threats and talk about violence. Watch. Donald Trump is a guy who you understand he hurts you. And and my testosterone sometimes makes me want to feel like punching him, uh, which would be bad for this elderly, out of shape man that he is. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. So the moral of the story is, if you're a Democrat, you could talk about violence all you want and nothing will happen. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. This is The Joe Hoff Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
Hey, this is Joe Hoft. We're back on the Joe Hoff show and uh, really thrilled to have my my friend and, and uh, colleague in the in the war for the truth, Sheila Matthews from Abel Child with me. Fantastic uh, discussion that we had already, Sheila. But I, I was just going to mention um, really one thing, but you've, you kind of were well, you, you had alluded to towards the end of our discussion there before the break. And it's this whole discussion about how these these drugs that are given to children are are base or adults are a gateway to uh, other drugs, and um, we whether it's through more drugs through the through big pharma, or whether it's through going over here and and jumping into you know illicit illegal drugs uh, you know by uh, others. It's not that's not a good thing about these drugs, and there is this mentality in America that just take a pill and everything will be fine. I've had a good friend Eric Naputi on the show. He's from St. Louis area, and he's like, man, he doesn't believe in that at all. He's, he's they're pointing out to me that that this whole push for giving people a pill to feel better uh, has been around maybe for a hundred years now, and that it's maybe not all that uh, accurate. Um, but it's certainly there's there's some ramifications and. Maybe, maybe uh, interested in your comments on that before we jump into anything else. What do you think? Well, I think the direct to consumer advertising on television is a real problem. Uh, and yes, everybody looks to uh, the pharmaceutical industry for answers, and our lawmakers are completely bought and sold by them. They have complete access and they're writing the legislation. And the average American is working two jobs and is, you know, trying to have a life and um, a quick fix is, you know, I'm not feeling well, I'm a little down. And, you know, somebody else who's on the psychiatric drugs then sells you sells you on them. Well, you know, I'm taking them, you know, why, why don't you, you know? So I think that you're on target. I think that um, it's unfortunate, but we need reforms in this country. And it is um, a daunting uh, task, but the fact is, these lawmakers are um, in the pocket of the pharmaceutical industry, so it becomes very difficult. Mm. Well, and then their narrative, as you pointed out too, and it happened after Sandy Hook, where this mass murderer killed all these children, and this mass murderer was all jacked up on drugs. Uh, these and had been for a long time. You've studied that better than more more than anybody, perhaps, but. But the thing is, then the politicians, these corrupt politicians that are happy to take this money, they turn around then, and then they don't attack big pharma, who's feeding them this money, they or and feeding these children these drugs and adults, they turn around and, and attack the gun maker. And in this case, in, in Connecticut, it was Remington Guns and bankrupted them, and they ended up leaving the state. They're like, we're getting out of this, this nutty place. And can't blame them for that, and uh, but that's that's the uh, that seems to be the tactic that these corrupt politicians are are, are are leaning towards. When we have these mass murderers, they blame the gun, and nobody's ever talking about big pharma but you. And I think more and more your voice is being heard, though, Sheila. I really do. I think you're spot on. Well, I really appreciate it. I mean, we're following your work. We're following all these politicians. We we hope to have a clean election, and um, we're we're praying for reforms because we can't we can't continue down this path. I mean, the we have a great PSA out 
I encourage people to go to ablechild.org and take a look at our new PSA to help the gun manufacturers, to help the uh, law-abiding gun owners uh, protect their Second Amendment. But we're fighting for liberty, which is um, is a right unto itself. Um, we have to be a free country. We cannot continue to allow uh, the pharmaceutical companies to pump money into our system without being being heard. I mean, Able Childs, we understand we're not going to get rid of them, but we need a seat at the table. And we need politicians that are going to allow us to get a seat at the table to be heard. You know, some of the legislation just bypasses informed consent completely. You know, uh, parents aren't being told that these drugs um, induce suicide. And and then the pharmaceutical companies are educating the lawmakers with false, false information. You know, they're not saying that some of the people that committed suicide were on these black box suicide warnings. So, you know, I'm going to say it right out. Their data they're pre presenting to lawmakers is fabricated. It's a lie. It's not real. So, we need to get in there and to be able to show the lawmakers the facts regarding the suicides that are occurring not only throughout the country but in our military and so we're eager we're eager to be heard we have a petition on ablechild.org that you can sign it's free we want federal hearings into the link between psychiatric drugs and mass killings we don't call them mass shootings because the gun does not kill somebody it is the psychiatric drugs that the pharmaceutical company is working hand in hand with the psychiatrist so we want the psychiatrist if your treatment is so good Good. Why aren't you up in front of the microphones telling us how you treated Robert Card in Maine and how your 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 successful treatment worked? We're not hearing that. They're hiding like the snakes that they are. I'm sorry to say that I've been in it a long time, and they are. You know, you cut off their head, and they come back in a different way and a different piece of legislation. Mm, unbelievable. The um. The thing that, that grabs me with what you're saying is what will happen is 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 an individual will commit suicide, die, and they'll say, well, we tried to help them. We even gave them medication and they and they died. And rather than what you have done is you've thrown out a more sensible thought process, which is they needed help. They were given a, a drug which which ha has has implications even maybe even warnings that it's per perhaps suicidal they take that drug then they die so rather than looking at the drug as the as the recovery mechanism like they're trying to push on us you've said well maybe not maybe it's the opposite maybe this drug has something to do with the suicide and that's something that needs to be discussed there's nothing wrong with say, asking that question it should be asked every time, should be every single time. What sort of medications was this person on? Did this have any impact on, on their their actions after taking that medication? And uh, you're just, that's all you're asking. You're saying, we can we ask this question? Can we throw it on the table? And, and quite frankly, Sheila, the thing that none of us saw coming was COVID. And then these vaccines and people in America... Half of us, at least, 
many of us that never took the vaccine and then those that have taken the vaccine now are like, we don't trust big pharma anymore. These, this thing they were shoving in people's bodies was not healthy. And there's more and more evidence coming out every day for that. So you're spot on. You've been the one saying, hey, should we trust big pharma? And it's a great question. And now with, with big pharma and their actions with COVID, you're just so relevant now. It's unbelievable. You've, uh, you've captured the American people with this thought process. Well, Joe, you're an auditor. So if you take the suicides and you look at them, you say, okay, if 10 people committed suicide and maybe eight were on psychiatric drugs at the time or withdrawing or getting on them at the time of those suicides, you would say, hmm, eight out of 10 people are on these drugs, maybe they're inducing it. That's the discussion we need to have. And, uh, you know, the fact is the industry, the psychiatric industry is going to the states and they're saying with their head on fire saying, oh my God, all these people are killing themselves. And the lawmakers are like, yes, okay, well, we'll give you more money. Yes, we need to have these stigma campaigns. We need to, you know, it's a lack of access. It's a lack of being able to get the treatment to the person. That's their agenda. So we're not we're not on that boat. We don't, that boat for us is sunk. We're not interested in that. We want to get to the lawmakers and say, wait a minute, you need to audit their numbers because what they're saying to you is false. It's, it, we need to be able to separate how many people who commit suicide in the state of Connecticut, in the state of Tennessee, of Wyoming, of uh, New York, every state needs to compile these vital statistics in a way that is ethical and moral and uh, takes human rights into consideration. That is not being done. And our work will help on the COVID front because I don't know if you remember this, Joe, but I used to call the networks when I saw that uh, it was like a, a wheel of fortune of how many people were dying of COVID on the networks up in the left-hand corner. It was like, oh, another person died. I'm like thinking to myself, how did they do the autopsy that quickly? There's no way that they could have gotten all the data for those autopsies to spin that wheel it is propaganda, it is sales, it's marketing. And we have to kind of break the glass ceiling of um, their monopoly on, on our health system. Yeah, that was so sinister. I, I wrote a piece at Gateway Pundit where I looked at the CDC data and only like 6% of all the deaths they were claiming were COVID deaths actually people that died just and only from covid everybody else had a comorbidity some of them up to like five or maybe even ten and uh the average was like th two and a half to three and and most of these people were very old there wasn't any medic any any program to protect these people once they got covid and it was all just a big it was a big lie and i had like 10 fact checkers hit me on that so that's why i knew i was over the target on that and and everybody and on Twitter, people were pushing around six percent, six percent. Everybody, six percent, Joe, and um, it, because everybody can relate. This is these numbers don't make sense, but that's what they used to push this, push really us into taking this vaccine. I believe, as well as these insane rules that we just found out. Fauci, uh, Fauci came came around last week and said, well, there was really no science at all to the uh, to the uh, 
circles that we put on the floors and and the you know 10 foot uh uh garbage that they were saying with covid there's there was no science and you've been seeing that for years with these uh with these drugs that they're these psychotic drugs that they're you know given given uh people there's no science behind it final thoughts Final thoughts is you have courage to to stand up, to get Able Child on the air. I cannot be more grateful. We have been in the back rooms fighting a hand-to-hand combat with uh, the lawmakers, and we have been really not making any headway. And because of your courage, you have allowed um, Able Child to at least have the discussion. We're not saying we're right. We could be wrong, but at least let us be heard. And, and so that would be my final message. And please come to the event in Vero Beach. And if you can't, please donate my work. Uh, we don't take salaries, so we're just happy yeah. to be of service. AbleChild.org, everybody. Go there.